So we have been so grateful. It's been so good to have Julian with us over this weekend. His wife, Sarah, was going to join us as well and be sharing as well. But sadly, she, um, she's not very well, so has had to stay over uh, in Swansea um, uh, this weekend. But it's been wonderful to have Julian with us. And, and I think we may not get a chance at the end because at the end... We don't know what the Holy Spirit is going to want to do, um, and we won't want to disrupt that. But I'd like us just to give a huge round of applause and thank you to Julian for giving up his weekend to come and share with us here. So Julian, for those who weren't at the day away, has been sharing with us over the last uh, few days, and is going to continue doing that now. So Julian, won't you come now and share? Hey everyone. Well, look, it's, it's lovely to be with you this morning. I just want to, before I start, and I'm going to jump in real quick for the sake of time. Okay, so first of all, thank you to uh, Nico and Caroline for hosting me so well this weekend. We really appreciate that. Thank you for allowing me to join in your family. Uh, you know, it's, it's, this church is more than a, it was more than a way day, wasn't it? I mean, I really loved the family feel, warmth, tenderness of heart amongst you oh gosh that's so more that's such more better than a meeting isn't it so thank you so much for that Theo and Sarah thank you for looking after me so and your warm welcome you have amazing leaders by the way you really do the quality of this these people their heart their character their humility of spirit their tenderness you know it's this church has a great future because um, we reproduce ourselves you know and you will have the reproduction of these and their team in you and you in them and it's I'm really ex so excited for you um, but what I'd like to speak about this morning is um, when Jesus talks about the Jesus talks through parables and teachings of the kingdom but as you go through the Gospels he also taught profoundly through his miracles his miracle in the in the miracles we hear uh, the voice of God, the teaching of God, and the heart of God, and the ways of God for us. So miracles aren't just about being healed or set free physically, but actually God speaks to us through the miracles, and there are lessons in them. That's why they're so amazing to have. We, you know, we want, we want every method in which God speaks to us about who he is and what he does. So let me just read one scripture as an example. Mark 18, verse 14. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. That's, I'm like that. I forget something everywhere I go. Um, be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this one another and said, it must be because we forgot the bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Now here we go. Do you not see... Do you not understand? Are your hearts so hardened? Now, normally, he says that when he's connecting it to parables. You know, ever hearing, ever seeing. So that, the teaching through the parables he's making. But now he's making this statement in connection with the miracles. Do you not see? Do you not understand? Are your hearts not hardened? Do, do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? Don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? <laughs> you can see the frustration. Don't you remember? Have you ever seen the breakup, the film? It's not about the lemons. You know, have you seen that film? Okay, watch it, it's really funny. Um, so when I broke the 5,000 for the, 
how many baskets or pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they said. When I broke the seven loaves. I mean, I've done this twice for you now. Four thousand. How many baskets or pieces did you pick up? Anyway, you get the point. He's, he's saying, look, be aware of the scribes and the Pharisees' teaching. They think, oh, because he's mentioned yeast, we forgot the bread. And he's saying, oh, my goodness me. You don't need to buy bread. You've got me with you. Look what I did. There's 12 baskets of bread. Now, you only had a bit of bread and fish. Think here. Haven't you got the understanding of the kingdom of God yet? Change your minds. Think differently. Stop, stop thinking like human beings. Think from heaven's perspective, not an accountant's perspective. No disrespect for accountants. They're fantastic. But you, this is the point I'm trying to make. So, so what I'd like to do very quickly this morning, and forgive me for speaking a little quick, because I don't, I want to wait, don't want to waste time so we can get into some ministry. I'd like to talk to you about three, three miracles or, or, or healings that I've experienced in my life that God has taught me some really helpful lessons. Can I share that with you? Yeah? And, and I want, in the same vein, I want you to take note of the things of God amongst you, not just, oh, what a wonderful miracle. What have I learned about God and his ways and his kingdom through them? Because they are lessons. They're great sermons, as we've just seen. So, the first one took many years. This is one of the early miracles when Sarah and I were still going out. We were, we were young, though, in those days. And um, we weren't even married. And uh, we decided to go for a day out down Tenby Beach. If I can have the slide up. There's Tenby Beach, a massive beach in Tenby. Queen Victoria often used to like to go there for her holidays. It's a lovely place. It's about an hour's drive from where we live. So we went for the day. And um, Sarah had with her on her wrist um, a, a watch. Sarah's from Selsey, not so far from here. And in her father's church, there was an elderly lady that she was a close friend to who was a widow called Ruth. And uh, Sarah and Ruth had a very close bond. And Sarah's watch had actually broken, and Ruth was aware of this. And she said, oh, let me lend you uh, my watch that my late husband gave me. And so Sarah had her husband's late watch. And so we went to the beach, and we were there in the sand, the sand dunes and everything at the back. And we were there all day and had a picnic. But before we went on the sand, she took it off and put it in her pocket because she didn't want to destroy and ruin Ruth's watch uh, because she had a, a, a because it was a, a great sentimental value to Ruth and there was a great care in Sarah's heart towards Ruth so we were there all day around about five-ish in the evening we took the walk back to the car park about to get into the car Sarah puts her hand in her pocket and the watch is gone we had traveled all over this beach all day you can see how big it is. And she says, I've lost Ruth's watch. And I, typical, opened my side the car door, said, well, we'll never find it, let's go. <laughs> and she says, no, we've got to go back and find it. And I said, Sarah, we will not find this watch. I mean, look at the thing. And every married person knows, or newly married person knows this, every husband knows this, there's a look there is this look in your loved one's eye that you know, I am not going to win this battle. <laughs> I might as well give up now. And I saw that look. And it was partly not because she was being stubborn, but she cared so deeply for Ruth. And this was a relational, I mean, this was a big deal, you know. So I said, um, 
I said, all right then. And I closed the car doors. You know, <laughs> let's go. And I was just doing it to appease. I knew we'd never find it. And I'm walking down the steps onto the beach and I prayed this prayer in my mind's eye. I said, Lord, and this is the prayer I'm never going to Lord, you're going to have to help us find this watch or we'll be here all night. Because I know we, <laughs> Sarah's not leaving that car park. You know, we're going to be here all night. And as soon as I pray that, I can only, it's the days before YouTube, I can only, um, I can only describe it like I saw, like a little YouTube clip or an Instagram clip. It's just a few seconds in my mind's eye. And we were at some random place in the beach. It could be anywhere along there. Random place. And um, Sarah went like this. And without thought, premeditation, total instinct, I went down on one knee. I wasn't even, my brain wasn't engaged. I put my hand into the sand up to my wrist, closed my hand, pulled my hand out, opened my hand, there was the watch. Yeah, and that actually happened. So at some point, I mean, this is really weird. It was actually stunning. She started going like this. I went, there's the watch. Oh, amazing. I'm, I'm astonishing. I, I can't get over it now. Here's the thing. That made me think for a long time. Here's what it made me think. Why on earth would God perform such an astonishing miracle over a watch? It's not like there's a Ukraine war going on. Seriously now. It's not like there's a famine somewhere. It's not like there's somebody dying in hospital and if they don't get healed, this is curtain. It's not like, this is just a watch. Why? Oh. God doesn't think like a man. If, it, if, it, if it's a small thing, but it really matters and troubles your heart, if you're upset by a, what, what to, in God, to us is such a tiny thing, but it really matters to you. God is moved by the can be as moved by the smallest thing that trouble you and mean something to you as the big things. He doesn't scale his response like us. It's what it's what being a father is. I can see. You, yeah, yeah. Now, have you got any older kids? And let me tell you what's going to happen. Okay. One day, what, what's his name? Hearing. Lily, one day Lily's going to come home from school. It might not be exactly like this. But she'll come home with a, a little painting, right, that she did in school, you know, and maybe some kid has just torn it and ripped it up. And she's really upset about it. And, she, and uh, this, is, this is an illustration, not saying exactly going to happen. She's upset about it. And in the big scale of things, you think, you know, you know, it's going in the bin next week. <laughs> or that, no, that's just a dad speaking, sorry. It's going in the fridge. <laughs> Not in the fridge, on the fridge. But you're thinking, it's going in the bin next week, what's the deal? <laughs> okay. But as a dad, let me tell you, it's going to break your heart. Yeah. You're going to pick her up in your arms. You're going to want to comfort her. You're going to want to do everything you can, even though there is no great consequence. You're going to do everything you can just to soothe her comfort. And the rest of the world doesn't depend upon it. 
that's our God. That's what he's like. So God performed this astonishing, it was probably the most, one, one of the most amazing miracles I've seen in my life. I've seen a few, but it's an amazing miracle. And it was all because he cared about an elderly woman who had a sentimental object and a young woman who cared for an elderly woman. And the, and the world will still keep spinning perfectly well without the answer to that prayer. But that's what God is like. So the first thing I want to say is this. When it comes down to healing, when it comes down to miracles, when it comes down to God's intervention, don't write yourself off because it's a small thing. That's why I give words of knowledge about somebody's got a right thumb here and it's really hurting them. And you think, well, what's, what's the big deal with a right thumb? Well, if it's a problem to you, God cares about it. It's not the size and the quantity, isn't it? We mustn't disqualify ourselves. I had a problem with my thumb once. You could, opening the key door was a, every single time I tried to open the latch key door. So it's only a small thing. So I want to say this to you. Don't disqualify yourself of the big things and don't rule yourself out of the small things. That's the first thing. Because so many people do and so many of us do. He cares about the little worries. Secondly, another big lesson. This is to my shame. I am ashamed of this. We had this lady called Blod who came along to one of our community projects. And uh, she wasn't a Christian. She was in her late 70s, just about to turn 80. And she was doing our IT project called IT for the Terrified. Teach you how to do like Skype and stuff, Skype then to her relatives in Australia, things like that. I can see you can relate to this. <laughs> so I'm teasing. IT for the terror. Oh, that's terrible. I take it all back. Uh, I've, I've, oh my goodness. IT for the terrified. Okay. One day she's walking across the church on the Sunday morning. She hears people singing. She comes in. Uh, blood, lovely lady. She's got incredibly bad arthritis. It's bloated like a balloon. She has to wear a contraption, her words, not mine, so that in the night it doesn't all seize up, so to keep it open. She's in a lot of pain with it. She can't use it, can't wash up, can't use, loves to make Welsh cake, can't do anything like that. She's got a problem. At the end of the meeting, she talks about her pain. They said, oh, come over, get somebody to pray for you. So I'm the closest. They bring her to me. It's in the car park, actually. It's a nice sunny day. And they said, oh, this is blood. She comes to a project. Would you pray for her, for her hand that keeps contracting and it's swollen and it's arthritis and it's a real problem for her? And I, this went through my mind. It was a while ago, and I'm ashamed. I said, yeah, but you, you are maturing in age now, and that's what happens. As if, no, I, I'm serious. I... I, I I'm ashamed of it. I said, when you get older, you get weaker and infirm, then you do suffer. And so, you know, it's part of life. So I prayed for her, and she got totally healed. All the pain went, the swelling went, totally, completely healed. She went to the doctor, he says, where's your contraption? Oh, I don't need it now, I've been healed. And I realized... That age, age has nothing to do with God's intervention and healing in our life. doesn't matter how old you are. My dad's 93. There's no reason why he can't be healed. He's 93. 
I'd learned a big lesson. A big lesson. I, I'm, I'm confessing this to my shame. Is that okay? I'm just being honest. It's a massive lesson. God taught me about it doesn't matter how small or it doesn't matter how old or how young. God, God doesn't think like our fallen human beings. And I just, oh, I thought, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize how skewed my thinking was. You, you'd learn things about yourself. And I apologize to you about that. Apologize to God about it. And um, she got healed. Then the following week, she came to church. Somebody prayed for her generally. She went home, switched the telly on, and thought the telly was broken because it was so loud. She'd been deaf in one ear for 40 years. No, 30 years. Totally deaf now. And all her hearing came back. They didn't even pray for her hearing. And, and she never, she, she was, she, I, I tell you what, the only time, the, she never really got, she kept, she did get, she got healed of everything until she died, until of the illness that took her home. Uh, so she was going to be baptized, and she caught pneumonia. And she said, well, we can't, I can't go in the water. So we sent a team down to her house. She had pneumonia. She got healed. She got baptized on that Sunday. Everything that went wrong with her, God, now let me tell you this. You say, yeah, it's amazing. But God was teaching. God was teaching us a, lo a lot about how he heals. Little things to you, scale of the world, God will touch you, God will intervene, God cares. Doesn't matter how old you are, what you've done, where you've been, God cares for you. Nobody's disqualified. Not age, what we've done, who we've done. There's some stories I like to tell which will make your eyes pop about the healings. <laughs> you think, really, you healed that person? <laughs> you know? Uh, and so advise me not to. <laughs> So I'm going to go to the greater wisdom. But there are some miracles that nobody is disqualified. Because God doesn't think like a man. His grace is absolutely unbelievable. Secondly, thirdly now, this is thirdly, finally. Sarah had an accident. It was, she was in absolute agony in the house. We called a physiotherapist from the church to have a look at her. She says, I I'm not going to touch her. She needs to go to the hospital. She went to hospital. She was in so much pain. Where they were carrying her to check her out on the stretcher, she, they, all she could hear was this woman screaming. And she said to the nurse and those who were carrying her, who's that, who's that, who's that crazy woman screaming? He said, it's you. <laughs> She was in so much pain, she, she wasn't even aware she, she was the one that was screaming. So they did the tests, and she'd, had, she'd really damaged her, her neck and everything like that. And she ended up with a, a neurological disability. I'm not a medic, so I don't know a lot about it. Neurological disability. She had the mobility of an 80-year-old something woman. Uh, this, she was, you know, this was a number of years ago now. And um, if I'd, I had to go from a manual car to an automatic car because even if I changed the gear so gently and I judded a bit it would send her into spasms and she would be in bed in agony for weeks had to stop the kids coming up and cuddling her so if they went to cuddle her they had to approach her really carefully because if they rushed home from school and gave her a hug bang it would send it off if I went over a bump in the car if I brake to even I mean I'm really driving really carefully now but even if I braked a little bit and there was a bang She'd be weeks in, I mean, in agony. So we prayed for her. 
for eight years. No improvement at all. And all the time we're seeing healings happening, people getting healed, and the church growing in healing. Pray for, for eight years. Now the danger is after you're praying for eight years, it goes on and on, and you think, oh, maybe. Now I don't, I don't, I don't agree with this theology at all. So maybe does, God doesn't want to heal me. Maybe he's leaving this here for some kind of purpose. Maybe it's not going to happen. Or whatever rationale goes in our head, we can rationalize that actually, you know, I, the whole church has prayed for me. I'm praying for her all the time. Every ministry that comes into our house and they may stay with us, they're praying for her. Every, like some real key leaders, you know, <laughs> they're praying for her. Nothing. Zero. So eight years later now, you, you, can get, you can get to the opinion that because your healing hasn't happened yet, that it's not going to happen. And somehow there's, you know, God doesn't want it. Eight years later, we're, I invite a friend down. He was a guy I was in Bible college with. He's a, he is a healing ministry. Sam, his name is. And uh, we have a healing meeting on a Tuesday night, I think it was. And he he knew Sarah's got a problem. Stand up, Sarah. And I'm thinking, oh. And he says, Sarah. And he prays for Sarah. And he says, is there any improvement? And she says, no. Well, that's not unusual. I've had that for eight years. Praise again. Any improvement? No. 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 Praise again, any improvement. Now at this point, Sarah's there. I'm sitting here. This is my wife now. And I'm saying to myself, Sam, get her to sit down. You're ruining the meeting. <laughs> no, this is me. This is me. You see, this is my thinking. This isn't going to happen. We've got to build the faith here to see people healed. And you are messed. This isn't going to work. I am so dull. I feel, I really identify with these disciples. Oh, when am I ever going to get this? But on about the seventh go, Sarah, any improvement? And she goes, oh, there's a tiny, tiny bit, just a tiny bit. He prays again, a little bit more. Once more, bang, she gets total release. She bursts into tears, totally healed. Sarah is... Now, this is years later. 100%. Bang! I got my wife back. The kids have got their mother back. We got, you know, I don't need to get an automatic car now. I mean, I have, but it's amazing. Amazing. Now, God had to teach me that twice because then she got a, a real bad food poisoning thing. We went to, we all got, she went to, a, we went to a burger chain. I won't name it. And she got food poisoning. And it was so bad, in food intolerance. And she went skinny as a rake. She could only eat mashed potato made with water. And, and what would happen is she, if there was any, any contamination or anything in it, she would be... <laughs> you had food intolerance. Shaking and shivering. Again, she'd be in bed for days. Headaches, nauseous. She went thin, 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 thin. And then this lasted about seven or eight years. And the same thing happened. Blah, 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 blah. And anyway... Sam comes back, right? And he says, and this time he got a word of knowledge. He said, and she was really ill on this occasion because she'd eaten something. And she was in the meeting, right, standing up. 
shaking. And Matthew, my son, says, Mom, you should go home. You know, go home. And she's like this. And Sam stands up and gets a word of knowledge. He says, there's somebody here who's got a problem with their stomach and they're being healed now. And then she immediately felt pain, 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 pain. She says, I know you're healing me, Lord, but does it have to be so painful? Pain, pain, pain. Went through all the layers of the stomach and then, bang, she was healed. Now, do you know what she did after that? This is what people do very often when they heal with food intolerance. They want to test it. So the food that they have missed for so long, they go and try that they hadn't been able to eat for years and years. Now, Sarah's favorite, this, you might be able to identify this, Sarah's favorite was shreddies with cold milk and sugar on top. <laughs> yeah, it's great, isn't it? So she went home, you know, poured it. It's a bit like one of those miracles with Jesus when they're all in the window watching what's going to happen and we're all watching, you know. No problem. She can eat anything now. Anything. But it was another seven or eight years for both. So I I learned something here. And the lesson is this. You might not have been healed yet. It does not mean God doesn't want to heal you. Now, we don't always know the mysteries why it hasn't happened just yet. But let me tell you this. God wants to heal you. And just because you haven't been healed doesn't mean you won't be healed. Don't count yourself out because it's been going a long time. Don't count yourself I'm too young. I'm too old. It's what I've done. It's what I haven't done. It's what I do. Don't count yourself out. He's a gracious God. Don't count yourself out because, oh, this is too small to bother God with. Too small. Don't count yourself because it's too small. Keep coming back. Keep coming. And this creates this mindset where there's a culture of healing. So I'm going to finish with one story. And then we're going to get into prayer. I think I've got time for one because I've got 19 minutes past. Is that, is that, have I got time for that? So two weeks ago, not last Sunday, but or Sunday, I think it was Sunday before, Sarah's in the bathroom. She gets a phone call. Nigel's on the phone. Nigel, what do you want, Nigel? She says, uh, oh. well, well, actually what happened, Jane, her husband, there on the welcome team, got out of the shower, she bent down, something popped in her back, and she was glued to the floor in absolute agony. I mean, screaming agony. Couldn't move. And Nigel helped her to lie in the bed, and she couldn't move her legs all the way down without, I mean, she prob- without agony. I mean, she was terrible and frightened. And Nigel says, I'm going to get an ambulance. She says, don't get an ambulance, phone Sarah. That's what happens when you get a culture of healing mindset. Don't find it, that, phone Sarah. So Nigel says, oh, Sarah, James told me to phone you because she's in agony, she can't move on the bed. Sarah gives her a prayer, she says, I tell you what, she starts praying for it and there's a bit of improvement. She says, look, uh, Julian's in the room, we'll, we'll put you on speakerphone, we'll pray together. So Sarah prayed, we prayed, prayed together. There was a little improvement on the second prayer. After, after the th- third prayer, she said, I'm going to try and stand up. And she stood up, and she could actually stand up. And she was now, and then another prayer, and all the pain went, and all the movement came, and she burst into tears with relief. With relief. Hmm. Go to God first. I mean, I believe in the doctor. I believe in the doctors. I believe in the medicine. I've been ill. I've taken medicine. I've done it all. And I will do it all. So take your medicine. Say your prayers. 
But just don't take your medicine and not say your prayers. Go to God. Don't discount yourself. So that's the lessons, I've, a few lessons I've learned from the miracles over the years. They're good lessons, aren't they? And Jesus teaches through the, your miracles and your healing stories and your answers to prayer. So don't just rejoice in the answers to prayer, but actually say, what, what am I learning about you, your heart? And it will transform your view of the Father. Nothing's too big. Nobody's disqualified. And just because it hasn't happened yet, don't give up. I've got people in my church I've known for 30 years. They haven't been healed yet. And I keep saying, come out the front and pray. And they still keep coming out, out the front, out the front, out the front. Because I just know that one day, for whatever reason, may well be the day. And we're going to pray for you, believing that you're going to be healed to the day you die. That's our commitment. Till the day you die. You're either going to be healed in heaven or you're going to be healed. We're not going to stop believing that you will be healed till the day you die because we've seen time has no consequence to it and whether time isn't a statement on whether God will heal us or not is that okay good Lord help me now (laughs) this is the bit where you don't know quite what we're going to do but Who's, who's come to the church this morning and you're in pain in your body? You, you are in this meeting, you've come to this meeting, like, um, who is your daughter? She came to church with pain this morning. We prayed and she got healed, didn't she? The pain went. She went, oh my goodness. <laughs> who, who has come in pain or sitting here and you're in pain? Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Thank you so much. Have a look around the room. If you're willing to be stand, uh, if you're willing to be prayed for, why don't you either stand up if you can or put your hand in the air, if you want. If you're willing to be prayed for. Thank you. Okay. Great. Great. Good. Okay. Could a few people gather around these people? I'm gonna. We're gonna put into practice what we did the other day. People began to get healed. There's somebody at the back. Start, the reason why we start with pain is that it just increases our culture of faith, faith in the room, so that you can say, oh, my shoulder's better. If you've got diabetes, and you can't tell, can you? But if it's, oh, I, I had it, and now I haven't, you go, okay, good. <clears throat> Two or three around each one, if you want. So there's a, there's a young man up there. Just, uh, yeah, go on. That's fine. Wonderful. I'll give you a little moment. Now, if you feel comfortable with this, if you let the person standing with, do two things. If you let the person know this is the pain that I have, if you feel comfortable. If not, you can say, I just got pain in my body. And then after they've declared that, just pray this, ask them to pray this prayer, Lord Jesus, heal me now. And then ask God in a, in a, under 30 seconds to heal that pain and then command, speak to the pain in the name of Jesus, shoulder pain, I command you to be healed and to go in Jesus' name. 
and then just move it gently to see if there's an improvement and we'll take it from there, okay? So, right. So, very, don't give your medical history. Just say, I've got a knee pain. <laughs> I've got a back pain. Okay, good. That should be long enough. Wonderful. Where is it? Muscle pain, okay. Now pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, please heal my muscle pain, back pain, whatever it is. Lord Jesus, you personally pray that prayer. Lord Jesus, please heal the pain in my body. It doesn't matter if it's all over your body. It doesn't matter if you've had it 30 years and it's every, in every bone in your body. I've seen people 30 years, they've fallen off cliffs, they've had bike accidents. They carry it for 30, 40 years and the pain is gone doesn't matter if you've got a medical condition like uh, skeletal issues or scoliosis or something like that, the pain goes. Okay, now ask God to heal that pain in one sentence, not a 10-minute prayer. Lord Jesus, please heal this muscle pain. That's it, just one sentence. doesn't take a lot of prayer. One sentence. Lord Jesus, please heal this muscle pain. There you go. Now command the pain to go and the condition to be healed. I command that shoulder pain to go, that back pain to go, and it, the back to be healed in Jesus' name. That's what you do. So apply it to the condition. There you go. Simple. Very simple. Very simple. You got back pain, or are you just stretching? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Now pray this prayer. Now, I, I'm just going to pray. In the name of Jesus, I command healings into these bodies. Pain go in the back. Pain go through the body. Pain go in the muscles. Knees and shoulders be healed in Jesus' name. All that pain in that lady, go in Jesus' authority. Amen. Okay, move it now and see if there's any improvement. Move it gently. Don't do it to make it any worse. But see if there's a measure improvement. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you've got... If you've got a complete freedom from pain from what you had, put both hands in the air. And if you've got a, a noticeable measure of pain, just put one hand in the air. One hand. Anybody else? Yeah, thank you. How are you doing? All the pain or one or noticeable? Out of... Out of out of 10, 10 is like no healing, naught is, you put a 6, you're about 8, so you've only got 2 to go, well that would be great if we could sort that pain, that's a good start isn't it, what's your name, that's a good start Mark isn't it, yeah, I'll take that, <laughs> okay what about this lady up here in the black, excuse me madam, how are you doing, <laughs> she's, I don't know whether she's an angel or what. How's it going? How are you? Are you any better? Naught is no improvement. Ten is 100%. How is it? That's it's just the shoulder now, is it? Under the arm. Okay. In the authority of Jesus, I command that issue under your arm to go and be healed in Jesus' name. Now, can I just ask you to do something? Put your hand down by your side. Yeah? Be healed in Jesus' name. Now, stretch up to the top. Okay, how is it now? 
Is it better? Yeah? Okay, is that very painful? Okay, I'll pray for you at the end. Don't force it. Don't force it. I'll pray for you at the end. Okay. Pray again. Do what we did again. Okay, pray for that back. Pray for that knee. We'll do it one more time before we finish. I'm going to just pray for this lady. Okay. How are you doing? Was that very painful? Was that, don't, don't force it. Don't force it. No, you don't have to force it. Where's it hurt? Where's it hurt? When I lifted her, you just went to the breast. Okay. Okay. Right. Oh, oh, don't force it. Good. Okay. Any improvement, anybody? How is it now? Is it completely better? That's good. Anybody at the back? Any better? And how are you, my friend? Okay. How are you doing? Is it better? Completely? Not quite? Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, let me pray for all um, conditions that aren't necessarily related to pain. In the authority of Jesus, every internal condition in the organs, every issue with the blood, every cancer cell in the body, in the authority of Christ, I command you to leave bodies here in this room in Jesus' name. I speak health and healing into your body, and I pray your peace and your blessing will rest upon each one. Amen.